The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Good afternoon, and welcome again to another Transformation for Success broadcast. I am your host, Dr. Barbara Young, and this is Tuesday, your day for encouragement and empowerment. You are listening to a show designed to transform your life spiritually, emotionally, and physically. I'm here live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I want you to tune in each week. You know, this show, Transformation for Success, and let me just share with you, transformation, the word transformation simply means change. If you want to change your mind, your attitude, your belief system, you know, a motivational philosopher, Jim Roy, once stated, you can't hire someone else to do your push-ups for you. You must do them yourself. And if you're to get any value out of them, whether it's exercising, stretching, meditating, studying, visualizing your success, repeating affirmations, or practicing a new skill, you are going to have to do it. No one else can do it for you. Well, my friends, today, I have an exciting guest on my show, none other than the famous Mr. Lavelle Bell. Lavelle is a highly respected music veteran known by many. He's an author, playwright, and minister taking nothing for granted. As an accomplished musician, he's enjoyed playing for several well-known artists such as Keb Moe, Bette Midler, Andre Crouch, George Benson, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Barry White, Aretha Franklin, Kirk Franklin, Billy Preston, Brian McKnight, to name a few. So, listeners, I want you to stay tuned as you're going to enjoy hearing the experiences of Laval, who's going to share with us today his journey of success as this highly respected music veteran and how he rebounded from losses, and how his life was literally transformed to become a noted author, playwright, and minister who takes nothing for granted. He will share from his heart his journey of challenges and how he learned the importance at a very early age of hard work and persistence that leads to success. So greetings, Laval. I am so happy to have you on the show today. I am so excited. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you to your listeners for tuning in today. Oh, it's wonderful. Listen, as an author of, of numerous books, and two in particular that we're going to discuss today, uh, one, Your Gifts Are Not Your Purpose, and your latest book titled uh, Dreams and Visions, I want you listeners to please share with your friends, and in case they miss this live show, alert them that they can download this show at a later time as it is archived 
for your listening uh, leisure. So go to my website, transformationforsuccess.com, or listen through iTunes. Listeners, you are welcome to join in today with questions and to join in the conversation. We invite you and welcome you. The toll-free number is 888-346-9141. I'll repeat that, 888-346-9141. Or if you're calling internationally, the number is 001-480-653-5754. Again, I welcome your comments and feedback. And you can connect with me on my channel pages, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And again, send in your questions today for Lavelle or me via info at transformationforsuccess.com. That's info at transformationforsuccess.com. So I want you to get your pads and pens ready. Not if you're driving, though, as you'll want to capture all that Lavelle Bell is going to impart to you today. So welcome again, Lavelle. And I'm so excited about highlighting your journey. You know... You have dedicated much of your life to your profession and in service to others in the community, making a deep impact on the lives of many people of all ages, from all walks of life and professions. So tell us how it all began. Well, it began my mom. I'm originally from St. Louis, and my mom, uh, she had 10 children, nine boys, and one girl. Oh, my goodness. Lavelle, (laughs) would you back up a minute? (laughs) 10 children? My Nine mom, boys and one girl. Nine boys and one girl. I am the sixth uh, sibling of ten. We grew up in St. Louis. We were very, very poor. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a lot of guests at our house, with the exception of you know uninvited guests like you know mice and you know insects. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I get you. I get you. But you know, my mom was really. She was pretty tough. She 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 insisted that I read and I read books before I went to, uh, uh, you know, formal school, uh, even before kindergarten. And, um, you know, I started beating on trash can tops as a little kid. I was always beating on the table. You would think someone would figure that out, that I was a drummer, and it wasn't until that um, a relative passed and my aunt spotted that I was kind of talented with kind of making a lot of rhythms. And mm-hmm. believe it or not, she mailed me my first set of drums at age 11 through J.C. Penney's. <laughs> Thank God for J.C. Penney's. All right. I don't think they have those catalogs now. They're, you know, probably the Internet. But, yeah, it's a true story. My aunt, I didn't even know how to set the drums up. My brother uh, <laughs> took the drums to church. We set the drums up uh, a month after I had them, and I started playing right away. I never had a drum lesson. I've never had a music lesson. Wow. So this is truly, truly a gift. Absolutely. Because, as you know, this writer says your gifts, are not your purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what happened after this, you know? And how did you make progress, you know, with the drums? And what did you do? Well, I started playing like most African-American kids in church. Uh, my mother attended a, a, uh, a charismatic church under a pastor by the name of David Eppley. He's, a, he's deceased at this time, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I started playing drums for him. He was a really well-known radio pastor around the country, at mm-hmm. age 13, he took me out on the road with the Hawkins family, the famous Edwin Hawkins, Walter Hawkins oh, family. Yes. I had no, oh, yes. I had no idea the impact of, you know, what type of or the caliber of musicians they were. I was just a kid. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rest is history. I started playing gospel music, and I started playing jazz at about 17 or 16. I attended a performing arts school, which is equivalent to Fame, the TV show Fame out of New York. And um, I think... Now, how old really, were you? How old were you? I was like when you att- 14, 15 years old uh, when I attended performing arts high school. Uh, I used to go play in jazz clubs at... 17, you know, I would really surround myself. I think it's very important that your listeners, you know, you surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, very important. Yeah, I mean, you've got to associate your folks, yourself with people who are already doing what you like to do. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I, uh, you know, I went to a lot of drum clinics. I learned how to tune drums. I'm an avid drum tuner now. Mm-hmm. And I really learned everything about a drum, the anatomy of the drum, the physics of the drum, the music, uh, the culture of music. And I really took that serious because I was certainly at a disadvantage not having any formal training. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, it was trial and error for me. And, so you really um, had to learn on your own. Absolutely. But I, I think, you know, when I attended Division of Performing Arts High School in St. Louis, they were reading music, they were playing classical music. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are some of the best students around in, in the Missouri area. And so it really put pressure on me to, uh, you know, excel and, and uh, really become excellent. And so uh, after performing there, I got a scholarship to attend various colleges. And, uh, you know, I finally moved to Los Angeles, and uh, my first big R&B job was with a singer by the name at that time, Mickey Howard. Uh, uh-huh. Of course, I auditioned for that. Playing drums, I was just known as a drummer then. And then, of course, mm-hmm. I auditioned for Vesta Williams, the late Vesta Williams. And uh, later she made me her musical director and kind of the rest wow. of history. <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that I have found in my travels, I have learned, and this was not you, but a lot of people's excuse for not making progress, as you obviously did, you know, at age 13 and then 15, is their mindset. So what is a mindset? Um, You know, and and I'm always intrigued when I ask people this question, what is a mindset? And so um, I ask you that, in your opinion, what is a mindset? And how do you think it, it, it works in terms of successful people and in in being successful? Uh, you know, most of the sex, successful people I've been privileged to be around and observe mm-hmm. and work for, uh, it's kind of a, it's, it sounds corny, but, you mm-hmm. know, hard work. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pragmatist. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm not really, uh, my approach is just like Jesus, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's still hard work. And, and, and being true to your craft or being true to your art or your, your gift and, and, and following your convictions. Mm-hmm. And I, I think really, really hard work. If you believe in something, you know, you invest in it and you stick to it. And you have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to Absolutely. Make You're going to make some mistakes, and the mistakes are not really uh, detrimental mistakes, but they're mistakes that will advance your goals and your objectivity. So right. mistakes... Are, it's like negative and positive. You can't, you've got to have a negative post and a positive post for the battery to work. So uh, a mindset is pretty much making your mind up and, and, you know, really trudging towards your objectivity or your goal. 
And, 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 and I'm so glad you mentioned that because it, you, you bring that out somewhat in your, in your book, uh, Your Gifts Are not, a, not Your Purpose, because basically having a belief, a, a confidence, if you will, uh, a compelling goal or dream for your future. Uh, and sometimes I think, uh, Lavelle, a lot of people will say to themselves, which you didn't, uh, they, I can't be successful or I, because of excuses, their upbringing, their social status. You talk about your background. You're very poor. You're the sixth of 10 children. And, you know, there are just really a lot of excuses or what I call limiting, um, what I call limiting beliefs. And one of the reasons why I'm so happy to have you on the show is to really share how and taking a look at success, but success from a perspective that not all of us come from ideal backgrounds, but you just knew that there was something in your future. And you know, hard work. I love it that that you're saying that. One of the things that I know, um, what inspired you um, as a young child? I mean, did you have this dream, this goal of you wanted to be success and you, successful and you knew that it was going to take hard work for you to do this? Well, uh, I think it all came through drum playing. I when I when my aunt mailed me those drums through J.C. Penney's, mm-hmm. and I was I, you know I watched television a lot with my mom. I watched the Johnny Carson show, and I found myself often listening to all the you know the show the intros the music scores of the shows. They're not like that now, but mm-hmm. for some reason I would really tune into the the movies and the sound and the drums. I really watched the drums on the Johnny Carson show, and it okay. was something about when I actually went to the performing arts high school where I actually physically saw a set of drums that might sound kooky or corny to your audience. <laughs> no. <laughs> it had an impact on me. I mean, I saw a real set of drums, and once I saw those drums, I knew that I wanted to be best. I can still remember, Dr. Young, the time that I stood outside peeping in the... Remember my first year at the performing arts school, I was not able to join the band because you had to read music, and I didn't know how to read music then. Mm-hmm. I made up my mind the next year, my sophomore, junior year, when I came back, I'm going to audition for this band, and I'm going to be great. There was a great drummer named Buddy Rich, who was probably the greatest drummer in the world. I mean, anyone oh, yeah. a musician knows Buddy Rich. When I saw Buddy Rich play, I saw him play live, I said, I'm going to be as good as he is or better. And I just kind of made my mind up that I was going to be the very best. Remember, you don't stumble into being great. You make up your mind to be great. You can be good, but to be great is a decision. It's a, it's a conscious decision. You know, mm-hmm. greatness is not, <laughs> it's not something you stumble into. No. You've got to make up your mind that you're going to be great or exceptional. I'm sure people know that story about King David in the Bible. I like mm-hmm. to say David played skillfully before the Lord. He was born with the gift to play you know, the string instrument, but he practiced to become skillful. Mm-hmm. I say that to say that at my church in St. Louis, they gave me a key so I, to come in church, uh, you know, after school, every day after my school, I would go into the church and practice for two hours every single day but on see, my own. No one had to tell me. It was in I your really spirit. 
you know, I mean, it was just, it was within you. Um, one of the things I, I coined a phrase that I, I just talked with a group of youngsters uh, in high school, and I talked about this, and, and you're saying exactly, and I said it another way, I said success is intentional. Success Absolutely. is intentional. And so it's not you just fall into it. And then there's this whole thing of commitment and dedication and practice. <laughs> and I have to tell a little story about myself, Lavelle, because as I was sharing with the students, I told them that I, I'm a pianist. Most people don't know that. I play piano. And I had an early, early childhood experience of three, four years old going to a piano and starting to play. Mary had a little lamb. And so, because I loved the piano, like you with the drums, I would see a piano. Unfortunately, my parents got a uh, piano. My aunt paid for it. Uh, and we had a piano in the home, an upright, when I was six. And I would play that piano. I would practice for hours, and my brothers and sisters would give me their pennies <laughs> to have me stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm laughing because when it's in your spirit, it's in you, no one has to tell you to practice. No one has to tell you to to become good at your craft. So that's admirable. So we're coming up with some principles here. Now, oftentimes, uh, about the pursuit of a dream, there are obstacles and there are things that we have to overcome. So tell us, what kind of complications did you experience in pursuing your dream to become this accomplished musician? Well, my mind goes back when you were talking about your family paying you, giving you pennies to stop playing, right? <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> I, re- I recall, you know, going to church to play the drums because I, you know, I, I remember I taught myself how to play. Mm-hmm. And I remember the guys, they laughed at me a lot. They made fun of me. They said I wasn't that good. I mean, that happened all the way up to about... 14 or 15. Okay, and I'm going to stop you right there because we're going to take a quick break for a commercial and we're going to come right back and we're going to hear what happened next with Laval Bell. Okay, listeners, so don't go away. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you feel alone, even when you're surrounded by others? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi there, and welcome back to... Transformation for Success broadcast with my guest today, Mr. Laval Bell. And we're having quite a discussion about inspiration and opportunities and sometimes challenges. So, Laval, you were talking about some of the challenges in terms of pursuing your profession of being this expert musician. Yeah, I was piggybacking on when you mentioned that, you know, your family would pay you money to stop playing and how Mm -hmm. in all places... The church, I mean, I was teased and, and, and made fun of because I, was, I didn't have all the, the clothes and all the you know, amenities that some of my other friends had. I, I had the same pair of drumsticks. I was so poor that I, would, I had to tape my drumsticks up while they were breaking and still, wow. you know, that's a true story. And some people would have to loan me drumsticks because today I'm endorsed with, uh, I haven't brought a set of drums in 20 years. I've been endorsed by DW and all those things. But uh, <laughs> it's it's really frustrating and disappointing when you attend a facility like the church for inspiration and mm-hmm. motivation, and sometimes you may encounter the opposite. Uh, you, you, you know, that was the first place that I encountered uh, a distraction. I think my greatest distraction to move forward was when I moved to Los Angeles and I used to go in the 80s, this is about 1987, I think it was, and I would go to what, what, what was called then jam sessions. I'm sure your musicians, your audience are familiar with that, and just kind of go mm-hmm. sit in on the drums. I would go sit in on one jam session one week, Dr. Young, and the next week they wouldn't let me get on the drums. I would go to a oh, church, no. and they wouldn't let me play the drums. And I could name some churches and some places, and that I would come home crying I would ask God, what's wrong with me? I mean, why don't people like me? And my girlfriend at that time would tell me, uh, Joy Marshall, she would say, it's because you're good. And I'm thinking, how can I, if I'm good, mm-hmm. why are they giving me such a hard time? And uh, it was really, really bad, and I wanted to give up. I just couldn't break into the industry because I was a jazz drummer, an avant-garde jazz drummer at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I remember one time just having a real dark moment, and I I took some sleeping pills. I, didn't, I don't think I wanted to commit suicide, but I wanted to just get the attention of the circumstances that were bombarding mm-hmm. my life and my mind. And I think after that, Dr. Young, I went home. I went back to St. Louis for about six months. I said, I'm going to surround myself around people who love me, who know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I went, and I still remember Dr. Young flying back to L.A., and I remember being in the plane. I said, okay, L.A., I'm ready for you now. I know who I am and what I am, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I've never looked back. And now that's probably the largest uh, stumbling block or encounter I had as it relates to my gift. I mean, the enemy, whatever you think an enemy is in your life, mm-hmm. sometimes uh, the enemy is our own. Some people are just afraid of success itself. Some yes, people, the that's true. That is greatest, so true. 
And that, that requires also a, another probably exploration into why people are afraid of success uh, and uh, actually will abort their successes. Uh, many uh, people do that. But, you know, I, as you were talking uh, about what was happening and people weren't appreciating you and not really valuing you in terms of the gift that you had, um, did you sometimes in your reflections look back and say, that was a testing for you? Do you of course uh, it was. A testing, um, because, uh, you know, as you we talked about David, um, who I admire, I mean, I really admire the character that he, you know, uh, had, but that the testing that he went through, because even his brothers, I mean, <laughs> he wasn't even accepted when, when he was called to the front lines, there he was with Saul and the brothers, are saying, what are you doing up here? So can you imagine how he must have felt? You, you know, he was, looked different, he was smaller in stature from what I understand historically. So we look at that and we say, you know, greatness isn't always recognized and maybe that's a test. Did you think about that? <laughs> well, not then, no. I mean, no, you know, but I mean, yeah. upon reflection, you know. Oh, absolutely. You I, I know it's a test. Now, you and anything in life, in school, I mean, if you're going to use an allegory or a parallel, uh, of course you're going to be tested. You, we have to sometimes just test our own self. I mean, sometimes we have to, you know, am I really serious about what I want to do? But at that period, I once I got past that obstacle, I never looked back because I knew at that point. At that point, I really knew it was just a test, and I was pretty much ready for anything that came. But you got to imagine, even I had, I even had brothers. My one of my closer brothers was jealous of of my talent. Mm-hmm. I was often teased in church. I remember the first time I went to West Angeles, um, just the things I encountered there as a visitor before I even got on the drums. Even when I was hired to play with an artist named Bobby Lau, there was a musician there who taunted me. He said I wasn't a good drummer. <laughs> I was. A, he said that I was a church drummer. And Dr. Barber, that night, a, a guitar player came in and heard me play and offered me a job. The same night that that guy was taunting me, his name was George Benson, gave me a job on the spot. And so I will say this, sometimes your enemies will recognize who you are before you will. And that's so true. I I think there's been a sermon preached about that. (laughs) I don't know, but sometimes your enemies will prophesy over you before others will. They will, your enemies are sometimes your best, uh, you know, best source of inspiration as far as our testing and well, so actually, I um, look for enemies now. I, I want to be underestimated. I mean, underestimate me. I, it, now it turns me on. But you know, Sometimes I, it, they're the best predictors of your success because they can already see your banquet table that's already prepared for you before you can see it. So yes. basically it's trying to move you out of position so that you'll never be able to eat or to sup from that banquet table. <laughs> that's absolutely. how I'm seeing it. Absolutely. So I would say that did, was... One I mean, of the I questions I'm intrigued with, um, not cutting you off, is did you have a mentor or mentors that helped you? I would say my first, yeah, I mean, my first mentor was a gentleman named Melvin Gonigan in St. Louis. I hope he still remembers wherever he is. He was an organist for mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. late David Epley, who was my first mentor, Pastor Epley. And then, believe it or not, the, for a long time, my greatest mentor is Bishop Blake. Uh, without, I haven't had a lot of conversations with uh, Bishop Blake, but just mm-hmm. his and his excellence, his presentation, his mm-hmm. tenacity, uh, his example, 
I would say uh, David Epley, Melvin Gunnigan, and Bishop Blake, and a contemporary person would be Mark Jackson, the former coach of the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly a mentor of mine, and we don't have a lot of conversations, but his entire tenacity, what he did with that team, uh, he's an ESPN announcer, and he's at True Love Worship Center. Now, I would say those, those three or four people were certainly my mentors and present mentors. They stand out. Um, no one's greater than my mom, however. She is. Oh, great. That's great. How important do you think it is for people to have mentors in their lives? It's essential. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> oh, my God, it's, it's like you got to have it. Uh, in, in church or in the spiritual, traditional church, you know, arenas, they call it a, an accountability partner or a prayer partner, but you, you've definitely got to have, it's, 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 it's necessary. There was a gentleman at, at our church named Al Williams who discipled me, and I don't think I would have become the minister that I am today had I not encountered Al Williams. Uh, mm-hmm. That, those small principles that he instilled in me and so many other men, yeah, it's, 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 it, it's mandatory. <laughs> Can you share uh, some of the principles you learned that shaped you into the person you have become today? I think one that stands out more as it relates to my profession or mm-hmm. my talent is that your gift will get you there, but your character will keep you. Um, I like lot, that. There are a lot of people who are gifted today. I look at someone like Lamar Odom, and I'm sure your listeners have heard of his problems and his challenges he was found in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can be given a lot of money, and, and of course, we're, born, we're all born with gifts and talents. Every human mm-hmm. being is, whether, whether we know it or not, mm-hmm. we, were, we are born in the image of God. Believe it or not, we just are. You, it may take you a while to discover or find that for that to become crystal clear. But when I see someone like a, a Mike Tyson or a Lamar Odom and many other uh, sports figures or political figures, for that matter, the mayor in Detroit, Michigan. I see people like that that have been given a lot of um, gifts, a lot of resources, and mm-hmm. they've squandered them because of poor character. And so I would say that's the biggest thing that I'm still developing, that mm-hmm. character will keep you. Character will will sustain you. You will have longevity. And this is what I like about Bishop Blake, that he has great character. Well, one so of the I, things, I, would, uh, I like that your gift will get you there, but your character will keep you there. Um, and then I know for today, in today's climate and environment, we need a lot of help with character building in individuals. Because character building comes from values and traditions usually, and they're based at home. Learning values that become you know, character, because your habits that are formed, what? They become your character. So a lot of times uh, it's, I talked a lot about inputs and outputs. If there are no inputs into a person's life or into their system, their value system, because we're all born zero, but unless there's an input, there will, the output will be negative or will be positive. So that, that's kind of my little theory on that. But, but Laval, you made a transition uh, from being this famous working musician, and I outlined in the beginning of our show the number of artists, I mean, very successful people that you have uh, been able to work with and uh, enjoy and celebrate your talents along with them. And the list is impressive. But what, um, what happened 
uh, it transferred in your life where you went from being working musician, which you still are, but to minister, writer, author? You know, I, um, I spent so much time, uh, Dr. Young, pursuing my natural gift because I believe gifts, I believe a natural gift and talent and spiritual gifts are three categories that are poorly taught. Certainly they're poorly mm-hmm. taught in a traditional church. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yes, I, I believe everyone is born with a natural gift. I was born to play the drums, but that's not why I was created. You know, mm-hmm. that, that gift made room for me. And so, you know, playing the drums and becoming a musical director and becoming a musical director, I started writing music and writing music. I started producing music and started producing. And then I found that I had a testimony or something to share. And I wrote the book, the first book in the 90s, Your Gifts Are Not Your Purpose. It's something I, I something that kind of dropped in my spirit when I was playing drums with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, I was over in Japan, I think, with Philip Bailey and he asked me to lead a Bible study, and Dr. Young, I had never led a Bible study before, so he, <laughs> I'll never forget, he said, just teach on what you know, which, mm-hmm. is, which is something I'll never forget. Uh, and so I said, well, I'll, I'll talk about relationships. I've had a lot of bad relationships, so I can talk about those. And I went to sleep, and this is a true story, and these words came, I could see them today, your gifts are not your purpose. And mm-hmm. I jumped out of my bed, and I still have that piece of paper and from then on, I started writing everything down. I began to write all the images that I see now. Um, I, I'd long been a teacher. I just didn't know I was a teacher. I taught mm-hmm. drums to kids when I was a little. I've always taught, and I didn't realize that that was a gift or a calling that God had you know, placed in my life's path. And uh, I wrote the book, Your Gifts Are Not Your Purpose, and uh, Bishop Blake actually gave me a, a quote on that book, and it's, it was not hard to write about because when I saw that title, I also saw my life at that time. I think I was 33 years old, mm-hmm. or 30, about 30 years old, and that, that, that was my life. And I went, wow, my gift is not my purpose. There's more to this than just playing the drums. The drums gave me the opportunities. They provided opportunities mm-hmm. and experiences for me to go and share or expose myself and learn other areas of life. And that, that's pretty much how it happened when I wrote that book. I'm a firm believer that if you know what your purpose is, everything else lines up. Now, some well, people, some people mm-hmm. learn that really early, and some of us learn that late, and some people, uh, like Moses, learn that he didn't find out what his purpose was until he was 80 years old. Uh, Nelson Mandela, I can, I, I can give you any human being even mm-hmm. Magic Johnson. I mean, I write about Magic Johnson in my in that book, Your Gifts Not Your Purpose. Here's a guy that his natural gift is sports, but his purpose is mm-hmm. to influence business and to transform lives around the world. I mean, he'll always be known as a basketball player. Right. And but his his desire, his prowess, his energy when I would run into him before I knew him, he often had this hunger to do business and look at him now. I mean, his influence with the, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Or Nelson Mandela, whose gift uh, was not his purpose. Remember, this gentleman was titled a terrorist. Uh, Nelson Mandela right. Was, right. was... Nelson was not his natural name. His natural name was Madiba. And so even his slaves, they gave him a, a ship captain's name, an English name. Uh, they gave him the name Nelson. And so that even the slave name that they gave... 
uh, Mr. Madiba at that time, Nelson, proved to go beyond, you know, his, his wildest dreams. Today, this terrorist, this guy whose natural gift was to be a fighter, he's always fought. His talent was a lawyer. His purpose <laughs> was to lead and transition, which is your show, you know, which is your well, theme here. Yeah. That's right. Well, I want to I want to sort of uh, wrap this up a little bit before we have to go to break. I want you to sort of share what you want the readers. What did you want the readers to really mainly take away uh, from this book? Your gifts are not your purpose. I I think that if you if the readers would read or uh, or, or uh, expose yourself to that title, that you will definitely mm-hmm. walk away with what your purpose is. My goal in life is to help people or to facilitate people in exercising their purpose. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's one thing to have a gift to sing or dance or write, but if you don't find out what your purpose is, why you were created, uh, the fulfillment in your life, you'll never have true fulfillment until you maximize that created purpose. That's my goal. And and that's a that's a very laudable goal too, uh, Laval. But there's still even in today's climate environment, so many people who are still searching, uh, trying to find their purpose. I can't tell you how many people I run into, and I'm sure you still do too, who are saying, uh, "I want to know what my purpose is." I don't know, uh, and maybe not knowing the difference between the gift. Uh, and how the gift can be a vehicle to your purpose, just as you've illustrated drumming and uh, that led to your purpose, also with Magic Johnson being a basketball player. And there are other uh, very classic examples. But, you know, it's like one of the things that's most difficult is that people do not want to do much introspection. It's difficult. Uh, (laughs) Or people will make it difficult about looking within themselves and just, you know, get absorbed with the day-to-day uh, living and not really trying to really discover uh, with honesty and, and being vulnerable about what is my purpose? Uh, what am I here for? So anyway, uh, it is a, a thought-provoking publication. I'm glad that you wrote it. And let's just share briefly where people might be able to get this book, Your Gifts Are Not oh. Your Purpose. You can go to my website, LavalDreams.com, L-A-V-A-L, Dreams, one word, LavalDreams.com, and it's there. I guarantee you, this is a guarantee that I've lived by all these years. If you read Mm -hmm. that book, uh, you will certainly discover what your purpose is. People often ask me, and again, that site is LavalDreams.com. LavalDreams.com. Yes. Go to that site, and you can be able to get his book, Your Gifts Are Not Your Purpose. Uh, we're going to talk about another one of his books that I really, really think is the latest one, and then we'll talk about his uh, music literature uh, that he's done, the most recent one, uh, Dreams and Visions. Uh, we want to get into that book and explore uh, a little bit more about Dreams and Visions because, again, uh, I'm very intrigued about that. And a lot of people ask me, what is my dream? What is my vision? Are they the same? Dreams and visions. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to be right back. And we're going to explore the second book and his latest one, Dreams and Visions. And then we're going to talk about his recent music literature called Heritage. So listeners, don't go away. Come right back. We'll be back in just a minute. <music>
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Now on Voice America. The road you travel in life is never a straight line. It's more like running around in circles, which is not a problem when you make Richard Flint a part of your world. When you're standing next to Richard, you begin to see a lot less confusion and a whole lot more clarity. Things just start falling into place. Every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The power to be with Richard Flint. Join us and more power to you. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America empowerment looking for exciting video content live and on demand visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else that's voiceamerica.tv tune in now this is transformation for success to reach dr barbara young or today's guest Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Good afternoon and welcome again and back to Transformation for Success broadcast with my host today, Mr. Laval Bell. We are having a dynamite discussion today on several topics. Uh, One, uh, him being a very famous musician who has segued from being a famous working musician to minister, writer, and author. So we are now talking about, before we went on break, one of his books, Uh, Your gifts are not your purpose. And so those of you who might just be tuning in, you can go to Laval Dreams, L-A-V-A-L Dreams.com to pick up this book, Your Gifts Are Not Your Purpose. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's an easy read, and there is a difference in how your gifts can be a vehicle to your purpose. So also, we're going to talk about his latest book, your dreams and visions. So, Laval, I want you to share your definition of a dream and a vision. Well, both dreams and visions take place in our subconscious state. And Mm -hmm. to the shortcut, the difference between a dream and a vision is a dream is something you have while you're asleep, and a vision is something you can have while you are awake, both your unconscious and a spiritual realm. I'm sure a lot of your listeners, and including yourself, uh, I noticed. I know for myself, when I was a kid in school, I often would daydream about me playing drums on a big stage, mm-hmm. and they would have to call my name to yank me out of that daydream. That would be a vision. That's a mm-hmm. vision. Daydreaming mm-hmm. is a vision, and and you you can see the person's eyes. They look like they're in a trance. The word trance is also a vision, and so that's the mm-hmm. difference. So now, that is the difference. But tell me about your book, the book Dreams and Visions. What are you saying uh, to the audience and you want them to capture in that book? 
Well, in that book, I do some really practical dream uh, anatomy, explaining the difference between or explaining exactly what a dream is and a vision is in the sense of a dream as a pursuit, meaning I, I have a dream to become a writer or an author or a singer. Um, I explain the difference. I, I give, like, really concrete principles. I explain numbers. I explain that. Uh, now, I'm a gifted dream interpreter. I don't know if that spooks your audience out a lot. Uh, there's a difference between, uh, let's put it this way. There are people who are gifted dreamers. They have dreams. <laughs> Dreams are usually given for us for messages, for inspiration. And then mm-hmm. there are some of us like myself who are gifted dream interpreters, like mm-hmm. the gentleman in the Bible, Joseph. Uh, mm-hmm. Joseph could interpret a dream, or Daniel could interpret a dream. I have a gift to interpret dreams. People, mm-hmm. if they go to my website, LavalDreams.com, you will see that there is a space there where you can submit your dreams, and I interpret them. I didn't really believe that, uh, Dr. Young, mm-hmm. but... All I noticed, all I know is my mom at an early age at 9, 10, and 11 would ask me questions. And she found out that when she'd ask me about something or a dream, it would, you know, about her dreams mm-hmm. and it would come true. And uh, the answers or the interpretations, I didn't realize that until I got in my, man, maybe 30s and realized that that's an actual gift. So I spent a lot of time explaining the difference between a gifted dreamer, a gifted uh, dream interpreter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people often tell me they don't remember their dreams, and I think everybody remembers their dreams. For example, mm-hmm. if you give me a minute, when someone says, I don't remember my dreams, it's not true, because when I ask them, well, do you remember how you felt? And they say, oh, yeah, I felt really warm. Well, if you felt really warm, or you felt like you were in water, or you felt cold, then that's something mm-hmm. you, re- you remember, because our subconscious has all these various senses to them. And so I often help people in regards to, you know, when God's trying to talk to you in this Christian sense, he often talks mm-hmm. to us in dreams. We, mm-hmm. we spend a third of our life dreaming. A well, third of our entire life is in dreams, literally. I um, understand it um, somewhat to a, a degree because my mother uh, could interpret dreams. Um, mm. Never thought of it as a gift. I mean, man, as a young child growing up, I mean, you know, and when I got to be in young adulthood, I'd tell my mother I had this dream, and she would give me the interpretation of the dream. You know, we never really thought of it. I never thought of it, uh, really, as she was a dream interpreter, but I'm definitely aware that there are people who can do it, and she'd be right on the money um, about a dream. But there, you know, Laval, there are some people I have heard say, I never dream. You know, oh, I know, and, it, and, and and those people. When I talk to them, it's not true. They they okay. don't they don't remember. We have five senses, so mm-hmm. we mostly pay attention to the sense of sight of what we see, but mm-hmm. our other senses is what we feel, what we hear, what we smell, and what we taste. And so, yeah, they do. They don't remember. They don't. Their sense of seeing isn't active. They're true, but when you when you further conversation with people, they go, "I felt this." Well. If you felt that, you remembered that, and so follow what you felt. For example, if I walked in your house and I smelled some of that good food, I'm sure you've got, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that food, the smell of that food will start reminding me of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing. Most of us remember our dreams. We have to just pay attention to our other senses. Blind people can't see, but their other four senses are heightened. They're really, really heightened. 
And the Bible itself, most of it were dreams and visions. They were given, they were imparted to the various authors with dreams and visions. And you know what's interesting, Dr. Young, is the church, we're afraid of people who are gifted dreamers, and it's, it's pretty sad. I mean, even our, the last book of the Bible was written by John on the island of Patmos, and he got a vision while preparing to die. He's 95 years old, and he gets the greatest vision ever at 95. And he, 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 you know, he writes about it, and that's how we got that book of Revelation. I think that it's really, really important for people to write down their dreams, write down the date. And you'll find that's one of the things that helped me with your gifts and out your purpose. I write everything down. I pay attention to my dreams. Now, I am a gifted dreamer and a gifted dream interpreter. Mm-hmm. Gifted okay. dreamers and gifted interpreters, particularly dream interpreters, are very, very important in this life. And it's unfortunate. And I guess, I guess they may be rare because you don't hear, hear many people will actually say, I'm a dream interpreter. I, I, that's rare, Laval. You have to admit, most people don't. It's that, rare that I know about. Like, <laughs> it's rare because, like me, they don't know that it's a gift. I didn't know it was a gift either. I took it for granted. And mm-hmm. when I tell you, my phone lights up. People call me all, all the time, and for years, all my life. Hey, I had this dream. Even my family. I had. Well, this I'm going to call you right after this show. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very serious about this, and, it's, and you know you're such an interesting person because I mean, for you to like make a beeline for that book is <laughs> really interesting. Listen, two things, if I can say two things: dreams are important, and numbers are extremely important. That every human being has a number that's significant for them. Now, I'm not a psychic. The problem is, is that in in traditional church. We've made dreams and numbers spooky. The Bible has a book called the Book of Numbers. I mean, numbers are very important. Seven is a very important number, but not just seven. Four, five, three. The, I think the, the, the greatest number in the Bible, the greatest number for your listeners, and your phone's going to light up, I'm going to give you the greatest, the miracle number is zero. Zero okay. is a number because with zero... God can do anything out of nothing. Zero. Well, I guess I'm a zero. So tell me, <laughs> you're a zero. <laughs> hey, you, if you got the number one and put three zeros behind it, guess what? That's a powerful number. That's a powerful number. Well, you, you know, I have a I have a question for you that uh, is intriguing because Laval, you are a very interesting uh, young man, making this transition from being this working musician and. Uh, writer and author and, and, and minister, but what transpired in your life that actually made this change for you where you, you, you made a change and you, became, you went into the ministry? I mean, did God call you? I mean, how did that happen where you are in one profession and you move into another one, we would say? I, I, I was... At age 11, I was actually prayed for by a white-haired prophet. He called himself a prophet. His name is C.S. Updegrove out of Florida. He prayed for me in front of my mom. He said in front of me, he pulled all on my head at 11 years old. He said, he said to my mom, he said, you know that he will not always play the drums. That you do know that God has called him to be a preacher. 
And I looked at my mom and like, this dude's crazy. <laughs> you know, so I like the that, drums. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm just getting me a set of drums. Come on, dude. I mean, cut that out. But um, that kind of stayed in my head. And I think, to be honest, not I think, I know. I, I remember the date in 1993, and I write about this in my book, when I finally gave my life to God. I wanted to be spirit-filled. This is not a corny story. For me, this is the truth. When I got spirit-filled, I've been in church all my life, but I did not have a spiritual, real encounter with God. I think every human being has to have an, what's called an encounter with God. That's different. Mm-hmm. I had mine in 1993, and that's when everything changed. August the 5th, 1993, I remember the date. And now, everyone, did, your, did your music change as well? Everything changed. Okay. Music changed. I am now a gospel jazz artist. As you know, you have my latest CD. I, I went from producing records and uh, playing drums to becoming an artist. I'm a, I am a legitimate artist playing gospel jazz, and I'm enjoying it. Everything changes when you have a Damascus experience or an encounter with God. Uh, I am I'm certain of that. Yeah. <laughs> now... Yeah. You, you, when your music changed, and, and now, because I want to just sort of segue into the music uh, literature that you've just done, because in our last few minutes, I want to uh, share the listening audience, uh, have you share with the listening audience about your recent um, literature, and it's a CD called Heritage. I love it. I played that CD. I play it over and over and over. And there are some favorite songs on there, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Oh my goodness! It is ah, uh, it is awesome. Um, God has smiled on me. I I just love that whole CD. So tell us how that came about, because I, I start getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it's my third CD. This CD came about. I have a play called Loving All the Wrong Faces, and I I conducted an audition once, and none of the none of the auditionees could actually sing a hymn. I'm thinking, okay, you're 35 years old, you're 40 years old, and everyone. Mm-hmm about 35 and under, they, didn't, they couldn't sing Amazing Grace. And I went, oh, we're in trouble. So I, you know, I said, you know what, I want to do something and remake all the old hymns like Lift Every Voice and Sing and mm-hmm. God Has Smiled on Me. And I even have a blues song called After Hours. I'm sure some of your listeners know that. I've got some of the best musicians in the world like Paul Jackson, Kev Moe. Andre Crouch is actually playing on that CD, the late oh, Andre wow. Crouch. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to take... I just don't want us to walk away from our music heritage. Gospel, blues, and jazz is America's, you know, original music. And a lot of African Americans are the creators of that music, and I wanted to just pay homage to some of those uh, writers and those uh, musicians that some of those songs are 500 years old, and we don't know who wrote them. And so well, that's how thank that came you, Lavelle, for doing that. Where can people get that CD? Heritage. I can get that CD on iTunes, CD Baby, LavalDreams.com. It is everywhere. All right. I've got just a few minutes as we close the show today. I want to thank you. I'm going to have to have you back, Lavelle, because we got to explore more things about this dream interpreter (laughs) and all. (laughs) 
Uh, and absolutely, this has been a wonderful time today, and I really thank you for taking time from your busy schedule. Boy, the time went by so fast to share with us today and how your writings and your ministry has really changed so many lives today. So listeners, I know out there that you've been empowered, you've been energized with the moving testimony of Lavelle and his inspiring messages of hope and change and how to make your dreams a reality and your visions bigger than life. So Laval, I want to say may God continue to bless your efforts as you continue to transform the lives of so many hurting individuals in today's world. And as I close today, listeners, remember, go to my website, Transformation for Success, where you can find out about the next shows that are coming up and some of the work that I'm doing lately as a speaker, coach, and transformation expert around the world. I wish you all a very, very blessed week. Be inspired, be challenged, be encouraged, and be forever transformed. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an outstanding week. We'll be right back.